This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you to this special day of worship this Easter Sunday at First Presbyterian Church. It is in this resurrection day that we see that God has gifted us with love, hope, joy, peace, light, and is bigger than anything that might seek to threaten us or do us harm. I'm Danny. And I'm Connie. And we invite you in to shelter with us on this Easter morning. Y'all come on in. From the prophet Jeremiah chapter 31. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness when Israel sought for rest. The Lord appeared to them from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued in my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built. O virgin Israel, again you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when the sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim. Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson, our gospel reading today is one of the four accounts of the resurrection. It is John's account that we will immerse ourselves in today. We are reading from John 20, 1 through 18. Listen with fresh ears for the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary 
stood weeping outside of the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, As we are beginning, I want to make sure everybody understands only Connie and I are here in the service. Everything else, the music, the participants in worship, everybody else has been pre-recorded and nobody else is here. But we know that we are together in the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to begin with something I was sent. You may have seen something like it. Lots of stuff going around the internet in relation to the virus. How the virus stole Easter, a Grinchy Easter poem by Christy Bother, with a nod to Dr. Seuss. "'Twas late in 19 when the virus began, bringing chaos and fear to all people, each land. People were sick, hospitals full, doctors overwhelmed, no one in school. As winter gave way to the promise of spring, the virus raged on, touching peasant and king. People hid in their homes from the enemy unseen. They YouTubed and Zoomed, social distanced and cleaned. April approached and churches were closed. There won't be an Easter, the world supposed. There won't be church services and egg hunts are out. No reason for new dresses when we can't go about. Holy Week started as bleak as the rest. The world was focused on masks and on tests. Easter can't happen this year, it proclaimed. Online and at home, it just won't be the same. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, the days came and went. The virus pressed on, it just would not relent. The world woke Sunday and nothing had changed. The virus still menaced, the people estranged. Poo-poo to the saints, the world was grumbling. They're finding out now that no Easter is coming. They're just waking up 
we know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then all the saints will cry, boo-hoo. That noise, said the world, will be something to hear. So it paused and the world put a hand to its ear. And that's where we are as we begin our Easter celebration this morning. We are all kind of just looking around in what has become a strange and memorable journey. An Easter we will never forget. A Lent we will never forget. What will the sound be this morning? The world is waiting to hear. So in our Presbyterian tradition, we count the six weeks ahead of Easter as what we call Lent. It is a time of preparation. It is a time where we look inward to the sins, to those things that separate us from God, from others, and from ourselves. This year, our theme has been wilderness. That was based on Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness before he started his ministry, where the devil tempted him three times. 40 days of rain on Noah and the ark when new life came after. 40 years that when the Egyptians freed the Israelites, they came through the Red Sea and they were in their wilderness for 40 years before new life came. So these 40 days started innocently enough. We had our theme, we had our Sundays, we were rolling, and then all of a sudden it came without warning and started to make itself clear. And when the virus started to become prominent in everyone's mind, we took notice that the rest of the world some of them were already ahead of us. They had been sick for some time and were at their peak as we were just starting to figure this out. And so unknowingly, we have spent these 40 days in this wilderness with a capital W and a lowercase w. The bigger case w, wilderness, means that we have been preparing just what I have explained, how to get ourselves closer to God, to be prepared for the events of Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and today for Easter. And then the smaller W, even though we know this is a season and it will go, it has been with us all the way through this lowercase w wilderness journey. And knowingly or not, the rest of the world has joined us in this wilderness. It has been a time where the world has changed, we have changed, certainly churches have changed, my goodness. We have had to learn the church world, the body of Christ, how to be church in a whole new and different way. Certainly, we had online uh, uh, options and offerings. We Facebooked a little here. We Instagrammed a little bit there. But that was always to supplement all of our other face-to-face -face meetings, our group Bible studies, dinners, worship. 
But now to survive and to continue to be the church of Jesus Christ in the world, we had to figure out a whole new way to be church. And we are still learning. But I'm so proud of the church of Jesus Christ around the world that has done its best as faithfully as it can. Some failures, but learning every day and every week. Long term, this will serve us to better serve those in the world, to spread Christ's joy. But for now, it's just been a big pain in the keister. But we've made progress. And we thank you for everybody that has been patient with us and for those who also have stepped out into a digital online world they never thought they would be a part of. An amazing journey thus far. I almost titled this sermon today, Zoom to Tomb. Very close, very close. We've all had to figure out how to be a church on Zoom, the video conferencing program and many others just like it. And as I said, we have worked through little glitches. When your computer freezes, sometimes we can hear you, but we can't see you. We can see you, but we can't hear you. All of it would not keep us down and would not keep the church from being church. But today we are from Zoom in the tomb with Christ. And we are in a time of uncertainty, fear, darkness, and unknowns. And I want to lift up for you two other times that we have read to you already where there was also times of uncertainty, fear, darkness, and unknowns. We'll start in John's account of the resurrection. Now, before we get to Mary... We have to know how the day starts in darkness. Mary goes to the tomb and it's still dark, which means that that connects us back to the events of Monday, Thursday. That is the last supper where Jesus broke the bread and poured the wine and said, this is my body broken for you and my blood shed for you. Continue to do this and remember. Then they went to the garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was betrayed and arrested and started the horrific events of being betrayed, falsely accused, falsely tried, meeting with the the chief priests, meeting with Pilate, Herod, then back to Pilate. Jesus being beaten every step of that way, mocked, ridiculed, until finally they crucified him on the cross. And he died, so they thought. And they took his body in haste because it was Friday afternoon and it was close to the time where sunset would begin, their Sabbath would begin. And they couldn't deal with dead bodies. They couldn't touch them. They were unclean. And so quickly and hastily, Joseph of Arimathea allowed his tomb to be used for Christ. So they quickly prepared him, but not sufficiently, put him in the tomb, rolled the stone away. 
And so at this point, Mary is coming back. Why is she coming to the tomb in the dark Sunday morning? Because it's the first time that she can properly dress Jesus's body permanently for his burial. He had been somewhat adorned and wrapped, but not fully to the extent that was required. So this is her first opportunity to do so. So she comes. And in this story, we have six characters. We have Mary Magdalene. We have Peter and the other disciple, the beloved disciple. He's not named, but we think it's John. We have two angels and we have Jesus. And it is a great story to tell. Mary comes and she sees that the stone has been rolled away. What? Where is he? So she runs. There's a lot of running in this story. She runs back to where the disciples are, Peter and the other disciples. She said, they've taken him and I don't know what they've done with him. So Peter and the other disciple, they run from where they are back to the tomb. The other disciple beats Peter. He's there first. He's peeking in, doesn't see him. Peter catches up and he goes in because that's Peter's nature. And he sees the cloths cast aside. And he comes out and befuddled, they run back to where the other disciples are, leaving Mary. And now this time, Mary looks in and sees the two angels on either side of where Jesus was, at his head and at his feet. And in this account, they don't say, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he's been raised. They say, why are you weeping? That's all they say. Why are you weeping? And so Mary breaks down. Think about it. Mary had not yet understood, even though the body was gone, that Jesus had been raised. As with the rest of the disciples, they thought someone had stolen his body. She couldn't yet fathom. She didn't put it together just yet, but that was coming. So think of her mindset. Mary Magdalene had been called from her life as a follower of Christ. He had healed her and called her. And she had walked with him for however many years, two to three years. She had seen the miracles. She had seen the healings. They had a relationship. And now the one who told them all he was the Messiah, was dead. That can't be. The Messiah can't die. The Messiah wouldn't be crucified. So all the disciples are heartbroken in the three years that they have given up, changed their lives, left their family, stopped their businesses, and followed him to no avail. They are broken. They are grieving. They are covered in the shame of thinking that they dared to believe in this Messiah who was not that. And that is why she comes. And now this is just another layer of grief. Somehow he is just gone. Where is he? Now I can't even fully adorn him. Where is he? And she breaks down. This is the place 
that we may find ourselves on this unique and uncommon Easter Sunday. We too are weeping for a nation and a world that is somewhat sick, somewhat changed at the loss of life, at the uncertainty, the darkness, the fear, the unknowns. We weep because we don't know what's going to happen and we are afraid. It's another two weeks we're under shelter orders. It's another two weeks the emergency order. We're talking into the summer, maybe even the fall. Come on, piled on, piled on. And on top of that, how are we in our walk and journey with Christ? All of those things cause us to weep on this Easter Sunday, to weep as Mary did. What changed it for her? As she was weeping, Jesus was right there. She didn't know it. She thought he was the gardener. And he asked her as well, why are you weeping? She said, because I don't know where they have taken him. If you've taken him, please just tell me. Again, just lost in her silo of grief, in her tomb of despair. And Jesus says, Mary! And she wakes up. It's a moment of pivot. It's a moment where this sheep heard her shepherd's voice, and she recognizes him and calls him, Teacher, it is you! And he says, yep, yep, not yet. I've got to ascend. That's big in John's gospel. His glory will be complete when he ascends. But go tell the others what you have seen. So she runs back and tells them, I have seen the Lord. The first sermon, he was given by this woman. A simple testimony, I have seen the Lord. She heard his words, and she was in his presence, and that's what changed it all. Today, we are called to weep no more. For the big W wilderness through the resurrected Christ has been done. The bigger threats than a virus are our sinful, rebellious nature and the question of death in this life and the next. And that has been defeated. So we need to celebrate. And the little W where we find ourselves in the wilderness of this virus, this season will end. Christ walks with us because he spent time dying in pain. He knows our pain. He was betrayed. He was wounded. When we are betrayed, angry, upset, God walks with us and can handle all of that anger and emotion. So today, we are resurrected with Christ. Just as he called Mary from her tomb of despair, just as a few weeks ago he called Lazarus by his name, Lazarus, come out. Christ is calling each of us today to come out of our tombs. It doesn't mean the world is going to be perfect and tragedies and despair aren't there, but it does mean that when we claim our new lives of resurrection, that Christ walks with us in our new resurrected lives, in this life and the next. And that is why we celebrate. Well, what what happened to our friends who weren't sure 
our poem. Let's hear how it ended. And it did hear a sound coming through all the skies. It started down low, then it started to rise. But the sound wasn't depressed. Why, the sound was triumphant. It couldn't be so, but it grew with abundance. The world stared around, popping its eyes. Then it shook what it saw was a shocking surprise. Every saint in every nation, the tall and the small, was celebrating Jesus in spite of it all. It hadn't stopped Easter for coming. It came somehow or other. It came just the same. And the world with its life quit stuck in quarantine, stood puzzling and puzzling. Just how can it be? It came without bonnets. It came without bunnies. It came without egg hunts, cantatas, or money. Then the world thought of something it hadn't before. Maybe Easter, it thought, doesn't come from a store Maybe Easter, perhaps, means a little bit more. What happened then? Well, the story's not done. What will you do? Will you share with that one? Or two or more people needing hope on this day? Will you share the source of your life in this way? The churches are empty, but so is the tomb. And Jesus is victor over death, doom, and gloom. So this year at Easter, let this be our prayer as the virus still rages all around everywhere. May the world see hope when it looks at God's people. May the world see the church is not a building or a steeple. May the world find faith in Jesus' death and resurrection. May the world find joy in a time of dejection. May 2020 be known as the year of survival but not only that, let it start a revival. Friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.